Good afternoon and welcome to Big Game Sports Radio. I'm your host, Scott Squires, and today it is episode two of the Harbor Hawks Squawk Talk. The Halifax Harbor Hawks, a member of the Maritime Football League, and we're pleased to be joined by one of the members of the Harbor Hawks today. We're pleased to welcome in Josh Kerval. How are you doing today, Josh? Great, Scott. How are you? I am doing well, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. Now, of course, uh, first year for the Harbor Hawks in the Maritime Football League. First year for you playing in the Maritime Football League. But maybe let's learn a little bit about uh, who you are, Josh. Uh, how long have you been playing football? What's your earliest recollection of playing the game? Yeah, so uh, I used to play flag in uh, junior high. And then when I got to high school, I obviously uh, switched over to tackle ball. Uh, played three years for Halifax West. Uh, graduated from there in June 2008, uh, went to SMU for the uh, fall 2008 season. Uh, and, and the following year, I transferred to Mount A um, and, and uh, had some knee injuries and, uh, <laughs> quote unquote, retired from there. So a former Halifax West Warrior and a former St. Mary's University Husky and a Mount Allison Mountie. So a good taste of football, certainly at the high school level and Atlanta University sport level as well. What kind of piqued your interest? What was it about football that kind of drew you to the game, Josh? Um, I don't know. I was always kind of uh, drawn to it, watching uh, football with Dad on TV growing up. Um, and then we always played for some reason just uh, with no gear, like out in the backyard, me and my friends. Always no, no real idea why. <laughs> Not unlike my friends and I, sometimes some of the games we'd play, whether it was uh, 500 up, which was a baseball game where you had somebody who hit a ball and you catch it in the field, or lacrosse football, <laughs> sometimes it was just to get outside. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you mentioned your dad, uh, your dad, Joe Carvala, uh, uh, a pretty well-known sports photographer. Uh, what can you tell us just a little bit about your dad in terms of the sports photography world, and maybe uh, some opportunities that he's had to shoot his son Josh playing the game. Uh, yeah, so Dad started when I was in grade 10 back on a, uh old uh, film camera actually shooting sports, which is pretty crazy, uh, the, the content he got there and the quality. Um, and then he switched to digital shortly after that, shot me all through high school. Um, I noticed by Mike McLean, who used to be with SMU, um, and uh, actually got asked to go out and be the photographer for SMU. He was there for a good chunk of time, um, and now he just shoots me, um, playing obviously in the MFL, and uh, the kids I coach at CPA in the fall. Now, is there a favorite shot of you that your dad's taken, you know, like a cool action shot or a celebration shot, but is there one of two that maybe come to mind of a shot that your dad took that you really like, and, you know, where were you playing? What was the situation? Yeah, there, um, there's actually a pretty iconic one that comes to mind that he uh, <laughs> he kind of wants to get a tattoo of someday. Um, but it's just me uh, at the Wanderers' grounds. We were playing St. Pat's, I think, um, in my grade 10 year. And uh, it's just like a very basic shot of me and my stance, uh, O-line stance, because I played O-line then. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, just always a picture that's been there that's like always crisp in my mind. Very cool, and a tattoo of that, uh, that'd be pretty pretty awesome to have for sure. What uh, position do you play, and, and why do you play that position? What is it about it that you like? 
Um, so right now in the NFL, I'm playing linebacker, uh, which is kind of a change for me. I've always been an offensive or defensive line kind of guy. But uh, over the past year, I've dropped uh, around 85 pounds. Um, so I've become much more athletic, uh, versatile, and uh, still just as aggressive as I was on the line. So uh, it makes a good combination for me back at uh, the linebacker position right now. Now, I know when we were talking to Micah Brown on episode one uh, of the uh, podcast, he was mentioning that one of the subtle changes with the NFL in terms of the rules is that it's uh, 10 players, not 12, so you lose two down linemen. Does that have very much an effect on you in terms of your defensive schemes and how how, how you have to react as a linebacker? It um, Yeah, it actually came into play uh, a lot this week. We were game planning to kind of go this whole season playing a uh, two-line and two-linebacker front. Um, and then Moncton came out kind of with a, a four-offensive lineman look. So they had three offensive linemen and uh, a tight end, but he was really an offensive lineman body guy. And uh, we really had to switch it up on the fly and add in an extra D lineman and uh, switch up our coverages a little bit. So you talked about uh, that game in Moncton on the weekend. You traveled. Uh, up the Trans-Canada, over into New Brunswick. Uh, first of all, maybe just break down uh, how that game went for you and, and how you saw it from your side of the ball on the defensive side. Yeah, so uh, for us on the defensive side, it was uh, it was a tough game, very tough game. Um, we had to fight through a lot of adversity. Um, obviously, we <laughs> didn't really have our quarterback for three quarters of the game. Unfortunately, so we had some adversity, and uh, I mean the final score was only thirty-five, like thirteen. So I think that really speaks volumes to uh, the quality of our defense, um, considering we uh, lost our quarterback there in the first quarter. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. When you you lose your quarterback, which a lot of times for most teams is kind of the uh, main cog in the engine, that can kind of throw everything off on both sides of the ball. Such good competition in the Maritime Football League. Of course, uh, the Moncton Mustangs, a, a tough team, no question about it. But post-game, what was the message from the coaches and what were some takeaways on the positive side that you had from that game in Moncton? Yeah, so um, some positives from the game. Uh, we were down, I think, 13-7 to going into half. Um, and our first defensive series straight out of the gate um, against Moncton in the second half. Uh, Nate Adams actually had an interception that he returned for touchdown that kind of fueled us uh, to fight through the adversity um, and really changed our game and hyped us up from that point. Now, you just mentioned a word that is so often connected with football, and thanks for the nice segue, Josh, but hyped. Who are a couple of guys on your team, whether it's offensively, defensively, or overall, that are kind of the hype guys that are getting you going pregame on the sideline, in the huddle, on the field, after plays, what have you. Who are one or two guys that, on the Harbor Hawks that are those hype guys? Yeah, so we've got a couple guys that always bring high energy uh, to the field. Uh, Trey Hawley is one of them. He uh, he used to play for St. Mary's in Auburn. Um, he's really energetic and really gets us going. And also uh, Josh Thomas also uh, kind of fires us up. He's kind of like a really lead, uh, big leader. He's one of our captains. So those two guys really get us going. You definitely got to have those guys on the gridiron playing football, no question about it. Before we move on and talk about your next game, preparation leading into a game so important. Josh, what kind of things do you do 
leading up to game day and on game day, whether it's workouts, whether it's going through your reps, whether it's a game day meal, what are some things that you do personally to get you prepped and ready for your next game? Yeah. So personally, um, I'm in the gym seven days a week, um, working out and training. Um, obviously except for, for game day, game day, I kind of just take it back, relax in the morning, wake up, uh, just put on some uh, relaxing music, head to the field. Um, yeah, just, uh, get in my zone, I guess. What's your game day meal? Uh, game day meal. I just keep it nice and light, have a couple protein bars, some eggs, um, nothing too crazy. You don't want to be too feel, uh, too full, sorry, uh, heading into a game, but pregame, uh, like night before I like to have uh, a big pasta dish. Pasta always tends to be the go-to for athletes. No question about it. Now you mentioned listening to relaxing music kind of as the lead up. And I'm going to date myself here. The first thing popped into my head and don't laugh. Hopefully you even know who this is. The first thing popped into my head, Josh was Kenny G. <laughs> yeah, Super Kenny G's definitely definitely got some relaxed uh, some relaxed chats there. We're, we're not we're not talking that relaxed when you're listening to your relaxing music, are we, Josh? Uh, no, we're talking really relaxed. Like I don't even put on any any music that uh, would even come remotely close to getting me excited, wasting any any energy before the game. Okay, so you're like just really almost like a meditation kind of Zen thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I really uh, don't put on anything that has any sort of high beats per minute or anything until maybe 45 minutes before the game. Then I start to get into the zone and get focused and start to get hyped up, bring the energy level up. All right. Last one before we move on and talk about the St. John Wanderers. When, uh, you're close to game time within that 45 minute window and you need to get that heart rate up and get that pump up going. What are you listening to? What's that? What's that one big pump up song that really gets you going? Yeah, so honestly, uh, a lot of Migos lately, uh, a lot of top 40 uh, hip-hop, but uh, Walk It Talk, it's really good. It really gets me into my zone. Walk it like you talk it. Walk it like you Yeah, exactly. See, it pays to have a 12-year-old daughter with Spotify. See, I, I know all this music. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so let's talk about your next game. Uh, you're going to be back at home playing at Husky Stadium this Saturday, 1 p.m. Atlantic time taking on the St. John Wanderers. I know it's still a few days away, but uh, what kind of prep have you been thinking about? What kind of message, if any, at this point, have the coaches given you about getting ready for St. John at home? Yeah, so basically we've been, uh, Micah and myself have been watching a bunch of film from uh, last year, the championship game against Moncton and uh, a couple other games. And really it's going to be probably one of our toughest, if not, Maybe not as tough as uh, Moncton from a speed standpoint, along with the physicality, but definitely a much more physical game than Moncton. So to that end, and knowing what you know about your personnel on both sides of the ball, what are going to be a couple of keys for the Halifax Harbor Hawks to get back in the win column and get a victory at home on Saturday? So 100%, I think our biggest advantage over uh, St. John's going to be our speed. We have a lot of guys that can fly around and, uh, make big, big explosive plays that uh, can change the course of the game. And I know that playing at home at Husky Stadium, obviously some familiarity for you having been a uh, St. Mary's University Husky at one time. 
But what was it like going out on that field the first time uh, playing for the Harbor Hawks, wearing the colors of the Halifax Harbor Hawks, but kind of playing in your old backyard, so to speak? Oh, it was uh, it was unbelievable seeing as I've been away from the game for almost 10 years now. Um, but just standing in the tunnel uh, brought back all the memories. And then, you know, we pop the blue smoke, come running out to our, uh, to our hype track and just go take the middle of the field and it's good. One thing that I've uh, noticed very much with the Halifax Harbor Hawks organization, watching what transpires via social media, having a chance to talk to Micah Brown uh, last week, your quarterback and a main uh, person behind this entire organization, obviously. But things seem to be really tight, really well run, and uh, a high level of class and professionalism around this organization. What's your experience been like through the first few games, and uh, you know, what's your enjoyment level right now playing for the Harbor Hawks? Oh, I absolutely love uh, being a part of this organization, both from a playing and a coaching standpoint. Um, it's been uh, almost surreal how not easy, but um, how fluid everything's come together. Um, we make sure to like double and triple check all of our social media posts and make sure that what we're putting out is really a hundred percent, the best quality we can put out. And uh, everyone straight from the league commissioner down has been praising us on all of our uh, social media posts, how professional we look, um, how great the uniforms look and how we're presenting ourselves uh, to the city and the province. Yeah, no question about it. A top-notch job being done across all of those things for sure. And just to come back to you a little bit, I know that you mentioned you've been away from the game for a few years in terms of playing, but uh, you've had very hands-on experience coaching. Maybe just a little bit about uh, where you're coaching and where you have coached and, and how you've enjoyed that coaching side. Yeah, so after I left Mbappé, um I wasn't really doing too much when I came home. So uh, Pierre Lefebvre actually contacted me asked me if I would be interested in coming out and coaching uh, the Charles P. Allen Cheetahs uh, out in Bedford. So I went out there, and then that led to an opportunity coaching the uh, under-18 Team Nova Scotia Provincial offensive line. Um, and then I ended up getting a new job, having to go away for uh, for a couple of years. Came back, came straight back in with the with uh, CPA, and uh, switched over to the defensive side of the ball. And I've been coaching D-line with CPAs since like 2014. One thing is often said about former athletes who become coaches, that a lot of times having that playing experience can really help you on the sideline and with coaching. Now I'm wondering, because you were a player who went to the coaching side and now has gone back onto the field playing, how much has that coaching side of you kind of helping your game and kind of helping you look at things on the field from maybe a little bit different perspective? Yeah, it definitely um, gives me a great perspective when I'm on the field, almost to the point where I'm thinking a little bit too much right now uh, with the new position and everything, but it gives me a much uh, greater uh, spectrum of uh, vision when I'm on the field. Um, I find I notice a lot more whole full field uh, scheme kind of things um, than I did before when I was just focused in on playing like D-line, and that's really all that I knew. Now, you talk about coaching high school and, of course, the Nova Scotia U18. I know that certainly it seems the last couple of years that on a national level, Nova Scotia has really made a mark 
on the football scene, uh, you know, in that youth area, maybe just a word about where you feel the state of the grassroots and the youth game of football is in the province of Nova Scotia. Oh, I think um, it's <clears throat> very much increasing uh, the quality of uh, players that we're producing from the youth level. Um, I mean, there's been countless numbers of uh, kids leaving the province uh, even before they go CIS level, um, going to private schools like IMG Academy and uh, St. Andrews College up in Ontario even. So I think even since I've been in high school, the quality has, I don't know, maybe increased tenfold. And when you look at maybe a message for some of those youth players, obviously you get to coach a lot of them, but, you know, for anyone listening to this, especially a youth player, what would be a message or two that you would give to them in terms of things that they should do, not so much on the field, but off the field in terms of prepping for the game and getting themselves in a state of mind where they're ready to, to go out and compete? Yeah, honestly, off the field, the biggest thing is uh, not taking for granted if you've got size or any any body type really is getting into the gym and uh, making sure you focus on training in the gym. It's really, really the key to being successful at this sport. And I know that one thing you hear about all the time is uh, core strength. For you and, and from you specifically in your game, you know, what is a real key for you when you're in the gym to train, you know, whether it's upper body, core strength, legs, is, is there something that you really focus on, especially now that you switch to linebacker? Yeah, so since I've really switched uh, my whole lifestyle overall into the gym, the biggest thing I do train, actually, that you mentioned it, is uh, is core. I do it seven days a week. Um, it's a very large group of muscles that really impacts every other lift that you can do. So core strength is the key. And before we wrap up and let you go here, Josh, you and I were talking just before we came on the podcast live, and uh, my last name's Squires. I'm originally from Newfoundland. My roots are over. The majority of them in the UK with a little spattering in uh, France and Spain. But I asked you about uh, your last name, Kervala, uh, and maybe share with the listeners uh, the heritage of the name Kervala because I thought it was a pretty interesting story. Yeah, so um, my last name uh, originates from Slovakia. Um, where you're from a little small farming village, uh, right on the border of the Czech Republic and Slovakia. And my great grandfather came over right around the time of world war two, I believe. Um, but yeah, kind of the cool thing about us is every firstborn male, um, in our family's first name is Joseph. So I'm actually Joseph Cravella, the sixth. You're kidding. The sixth. Yeah. The sixth. <laughs> wow. So, uh, now, what what would be the connection of the other five? Your dad would be one. I'm guessing your grandfather, great right back right back through the whole line. Yep, yeah, straight back through the whole line. Firstborn male um, gets the first name Joseph. Yeah, exactly. So it was actually kind of an agreement. Um, between my mom and my dad that, okay, I would get the, the, the name, the lineage. Um, but it would be that I would go by my middle name in uh, everyday life. So, well, as I am John Scott, I go by Scott. It's confused people my entire life. It's endless. How many times I get called John. So I'll just keep calling you Josh. How's that? Yeah, that works for me. 
<laughs> now I know I don't want to put any pressure on you, and and I, you know I obviously don't know the state of of your uh, personal life outside of the field and what we've talked about. But uh, are you getting pressure from the lineage to perhaps uh, someday have a uh, a seventh in the line? Uh, not really much pressure. No, I really uh, I I want it to happen uh, eventually. Obviously, just because uh, I'm very proud of um, my family heritage. But uh, no pressure at all. Well, that's a good thing. And besides, you're young, got lots of time. But something again, you and I were talking about just before we came on that I think is really cool. And it's one of those many wonderful and positive things that can come out of social media. But you were saying that uh, while you haven't been back and visited your roots uh, over in in Slovakia, you've actually connected with some family members via Facebook. How did all that come about? Yeah, so uh, I don't know, maybe five years ago, Dad um, posted or was going through some of my grandmother's um, things. Uh, like uh, photo albums and stuff. And he found some letters uh, that he scanned and turned digital, posted them on Facebook. And it uh, turned out that um, my grandfather's, step, uh, not stepsister, but uh, half-sister, um, had those same letters um, that family found over in Slovakia, and they ended up reaching out and contacting us. Wow, that is amazing. And that right there, again, that's the positive power of social media. So... What kind of connections have you made, and is there potential for a, a Kervala family reunion at some point down the road, maybe? Yeah, I think uh, hopefully we've got some plans to go back over, maybe in the next couple of years. Um, my dad keeps in contact with them um, a lot more than I do, but yeah, I think we really want to go uh, back and check out uh, our Eastern European roots there. Yeah, what an incredible time that would be, no doubt about it. Well, listen, Josh, this has been an awful lot of fun speaking with you. And before we wrap up, I'll leave the final word with you in terms of uh, your thoughts on your big home game on Saturday at 1 o'clock at Husky Stadium against the St. John Wanderers. And maybe just a, a message to uh, fans why they should come out. Yeah, for sure. So I think uh, it's going to be a great game this weekend. Very physical, high-level football. Uh, we're going to be flying around making plays, and uh, it should be exciting for the fans um, that came out and saw our first game against PEI. Big win there. And uh, we hope to keep the momentum rolling going into this weekend. Well, we certainly hope that for you as well, Josh. Listen, thank you so much for joining us on the Harbor Hawks Squawk Talk podcast today, Episode 2. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your week. Don't get too relaxed, and good luck Saturday at 1 o'clock at Husky Stadium against St. John. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. It's been a pleasure. You have a good day. Take care. You too. That was Josh Kervala. He's a linebacker with the Halifax Harbor Hawks. They take on the St. John Wanderers this Saturday at 1 o'clock Atlantic time at Husky Stadium. If you're in or around the Halifax area, I would highly encourage you to go out and support the Harbor Hawks on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Thank you very much to Josh Kervala for joining us today. This has been... The Harbor Hawks Squawk Talk. I'm Scott Squires. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, friends, remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.